You're listening to the Strong and Capable podcast with your host, Bridgette Heller. Hey, 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 welcome to this episode of the Strong and Capable podcast. As always, I am so excited. I start every podcast saying that. I'm so excited for our guest today, but I really am so excited for our guest today. This is Dr. Drew or Dr. Andrew L. Blackwood. And oh man, you guys are going to love him. He has the most gentle voice and soul. Seriously, we met in a very chaotic environment. It was the Great American Speak Off. And I remember I was just drawn to you because you were just this calm in the chaos, just this pillar of like strong. I was like, oh, this is my person. This is my person. I will, <laughs> I will sit by this person. And he is here today to talk about you. I mean, when we say Dr. Drew, it is all about mental health today. This is your life's work. This is what you do. You've written books, you have courses and before we hit record, one of the things I said to Dr. Drew is you were doing something so cool because when I started social media, it was like, you're either emotional resilience or your mental health. You're either religious or your emotional resilience or your mental health. All these things were broken apart and you had to kind of pick one and stand on it. And I kept joking. I'm a unicorn because I'm like all three. And then when I was right. reading through your stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, I found another unicorn. You're all three, and that is so cool. So would you mind telling the audience a little bit a little bit about you? How did you get started into this world? More than 18 years now, so you're a veteran here. <laughs> but what started your journey to mental health and all of this beautiful work you're doing? Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, you are a vibrant, wonderful, beautiful soul outside and in. So I remember meeting yeah. you at the speak off and yeah, it was chaotic. And so was my life in the early days, right? I am a Canadian born to Jamaican parents whose marriage didn't go the distance. So I know what it's like to what people might call a broken home or for divorced parents and the stress that that can put on people. But I also am aware that I was pretty anxious growing up as a kid, whether it was vicarious trauma or my dad has a really loud voice, mm. really loud voice. So growing up, I didn't know that he had any other like there was no range. It was just always loud and he was always angry. And so I thought, so I grew up really anxious and timid and afraid. And I had, I slipped under the radar though, because I'm smart. I did well in school. I was a kid you didn't have to worry about, but inside, oh, I was a broken kid. I was really broken. So I didn't like myself, didn't like my hair, didn't like the way I look, thought I was dumb, all those kinds of things. But throughout that journey, God was always there. He was always there. And at one point, I wasn't quite suicidal, but I was just at this point where I didn't want to live. I was just like, I, I just can't take it anymore. What's the point of this? And he clearly said to me, your experience is going to help other people. And that was around the age of 16. So that kind of filled me up and gave me a little hope. And 
I've always been one that people could talk to. They've always trusted me, shared their heart with me. So eventually I made my way around to counseling. I worked in a detention center for youth, which is basically like a jail for youth. Um, yeah, that's rough. It was a tough environment to be in, especially for someone like me. And at that stage in my life, I didn't really know myself very well. So I was, I didn't know what my strengths were. I hid in plain sight. That's basically what I did. But I've learned that trauma is like pushing pause on someone's emotional development. Mm -hmm. So even though I was 20, my late 20s, I felt like I was that eight-year-old little boy time and time again. And when I was doing this program for men who abuse their intimate partners, there was a lot of conflict in that environment. But the Lord had me there, and that's where it came to a head for me. And I realized, wait a sec, I'm not that little boy anymore. It wasn't until I reflected, well, my, my co-facilitator, she helped me realize, Andrew, when that guy was being so aggressive with you today, like, you handled that so well. And I was like, I did. I did, didn't I? That, that was meek. That was, that was kind of like Jesus would have done it. And that was the first time where I started to realize, oh, I'm not that eight-year-old little boy anymore. And it's like, I realized, wait, I have, I have like a, I have a beard. There's some bass and baritone in my voice. Like I'm a decent size. I'm a six foot, you know, 170 something pound man. I'm like, woo, this is good. So it's like, I started to catch up emotionally, experientially. And all of this has been integrated into the work that I do with people because I don't know anyone really who hasn't experienced a traumatic event. And right. when we don't process them, we live from that place, not consistently, not at all, not across all the domains in our lives, but in the ones that really matter. When it's important for us to show up and be there and be fully present, we often regress and we we re relate to people out of this younger less mature and unhealed place mm -hmm. so i've had personal experiences i now have professional experiences and i love helping people grow learn heal and grow that those that's my jam that's what i do i love it you said so much here but one of the things that you talked about is something that I even have been learning a lot about myself. Healing comes in waves and stages. It's not all at once. You don't go from, I struggle, I had trauma to I'm healed overnight. Right. Like that doesn't happen. It comes in waves. So you kind of go through this healing. And then I feel like your spirit, your body, everything has to catch up with what just happened. And then you go in the next one and then everything has to catch up and be like, okay, we've reached this new level. But one of the things that I found and like you said, everyone has trauma of some kind because no parents are perfect. No school environment's perfect. No church is perfect. No, nothing is perfect in your life. Humans are humans and they're messy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be trauma somewhere. That's right. Um, and I think for me, it's adulthood. I was just talking to my husband, my poor husband, we go on long walks at night and I just, and he has to listen to these deep thoughts. <laughs> Lucky dude. But sometimes I'm like, did I tell you? He's like, yes, you did three times. Yes, you did. Um, but we were, I was talking about this. So you go through childhood and you're just trying to do the best you can to survive 
whatever it is or become whoever you're supposed to be. You don't even know who you're supposed to be. You're just trying these things. Mm -hmm. And so if there's trauma, like you said, you emotionally don't progress as much as maybe you could. So then you get into adulthood, you see this, you start seeing this, wait, some people are handling this better than me. Some people aren't reacting so strongly. Why is that? I think there's a curiosity is what brings the possibility of healing. Yeah. And so you get to know yourself. This is why I do like affirmations and we do thought journaling and what's happening in this brain and rewriting that. This is why I do those things. But what I've learned is then after you know yourself, now it's time to decide what to do with that. And that's actually the hardest journey yet to come, but the most important. Yeah, so I love it. Yeah. I like I, that you've you've done that. Obviously, you did the healing and now you're like, well, what do I do with this? I help heal other people. That's what I do. That's right. And we and there's deeper depths and higher heights, and we're never done. We're never done. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited in this new phase of life. It's it's very interesting. I'm going through that cycle again where I'm like, oh, there's more to me than I realized. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. And now we get to live that out, which like you're saying is tough. It's re rewriting, it's changing and recognizing, oh, I really believed that for 40 something years. Yeah. And it's not true. It's not true. I had the wildest, like you said, 40 years, 40 years, I've held this belief and I was sweeping my house. And I will say, if you want to have these moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm facing this and I have to, I can release it. Put yourself in situations, go to counseling, put yourself in spiritual situations, do meditation, because when you prepare your heart and mind to see and, and receive, that's when you can transform. Mm -hmm. So I had gone through a morning almost unintentionally of doing all the things I needed to do to receive this no new knowledge of myself. Right. And I had this understanding that something I carried the guilt of since I was a teenager. I mean, I had heavy, heavy guilt. It had to do with one of my animals and she died. And I still have her collar. It was my little dog. And I had this heavy guilt of like, I carried the weight of this little animal death and I'm a very tender soul. So I was carrying the weight of this dog and I'm bawling my eyes out, realizing it was time to release that, that that wasn't my fault. It was just circumstances. It just happened. And as I'm bawling, cause I finally had the maturity to understand that that wasn't my fault. I had this cute little dog. Actually, she was right behind me and she jumped up on the bed and she came over and she put her little head on my shoulder. And it was like, it was like the Lord was saying, you're good. You're good. It's time to let this go so that you can be the next evolution of you without the guilt that's weighing you down at this random thing. Yeah. So I didn't even know that was affecting me so deeply. I didn't know I was carrying it, but I wouldn't have been ready to see it if I hadn't been doing the steps. So in that, my next question for you is for those, how do you get ready to do the work? And then once you do, what how do you begin the work? How do you begin the work? How do you get ready to do it? And how do you begin it? Where do you start? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I think it really doesn't, things will come up in our lives. So it really doesn't matter where we start. You can start anywhere, uh, but sometimes it's more obvious what's like on the forefront of our hearts and our minds. That said, how do you do the work for me? 
it is a steady practice and habit and love for journaling. Mm -hmm. I journal every single day. I, if I miss a day, it's because something has just been my, you know, there was a thunderstorm and the kids, because I have two daughters, they're 10 and seven now and they didn't sleep through the night. And then, then we got up, got off to school, then went into work and I missed my opportunity. Outside of that, I journal twice a day. I journal in the morning, and I journal at night. And if I'm having a really rough day, I journal multiple times in the day. Because for me, I don't just chronicle events. I actually process my emotions and my thoughts because emotions and thoughts are different. And emotions, you know what they are because you feel them physiologically in your body, but you can describe them. You can label them with a single or compound word like sad, happy, excited, frustrated, shut down, left out, you know? And then thoughts are multiple words. Thoughts are pictures, they're opinions, they're ideas. And when I journal, journaling is also a form of prayer for me. So my entries are like, dear God, I am freaking out about not having enough money to pay the mortgage tomorrow. Mm. And he will help me to process that. So one of the things that I love helping people with is anxiety because I know it from the inside out. So when I'm processing my thoughts, this is a perfect example. I'd be like, okay, so the thought here is a picture of me tomorrow not having enough money. Whenever you picture the future and it's negative, you're going to feel anxiety in your body because your body doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's imagined. And for those of us who have really vivid imaginations, we feel that right intensely in our bodies. So I can breathe and calm myself and be present. I can be present and realize, okay, when I imagine not having enough, then I feel anxious and I feel worried. And I see myself trying to deal with this on my own, mm -hmm. which taps into this sense of insecurity and a lack of safety. And when I feel these emotions, it's an opportunity to say, okay, God, what do you have to say for, to me? And I'm open to what he's saying. And he gives me his word. It's like, Andrew, I'm here. You're not alone. I will help you. And sometimes we have these wonderful dialogues. And I'm writing what I'm hearing him say. This season, you're going to learn to rely on me as your provider. And then I have all these ideas. But, well, well, you know, we live in a results-oriented world. Mm -hmm. right if you know what you're doing you should have your funnel set up you should have this set up you should have that and right a good steward all this stuff and he's like yeah that's nice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's nice mm -hmm. but i'm talking to you about you okay <laughs> whether or not those things are true for them in this moment my word to you is truth i'm like okay so i'm learning to trust you and you know what you are faithful you're good I have more than enough, I have more than what I need right now. Like right now is really all that I am in and can pay attention to and can impact change. Like, oh, I'm good. And I'm breathing and I'm listening and I'm recognizing, oh, I see. Okay. And I'm building strength. 
I'm building courage. I'm building confidence so that when the winds of life and society blow, because I've had this personal experience, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And then scriptures, I love reading the Bible. I grew up reading King James. So, you know, it's the these and the thou's. But godliness with contentment is great gain. And these things come back to me. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. So like Paul, I'm able to be content. Whether I have little or I have much, like I'm good because he will take care of me. He is faithful. So this is how I journal. I don't just say I'm having a rough day because that's just reinforcing those images and those ideas and those beliefs. We want to make room for God in our lives. And this is a wonderful way to do it. In the morning, I do it at night. I unpack my thoughts. I can talk about my day. I can talk about my challenges. I can boast in my weaknesses and be like, Lord, I really messed this up today. Like, I'm really going to really appreciate your help with this. And I receive his word and I sleep so much better. And I wake up and if I have thoughts in the morning that are not good, they're not pleasant, they're not holy, I know that I'm not broken. And I now know how to respond to those thoughts. Because I used to think every thought that came into my head was a thought that originated with me and that I wanted and that something was wrong with me, whether it was a dream or it was a thought or an idea. And now I'm learning, oh, I'm not in control of what comes into my head. I'm able to respond to whatever it is. Thoughts don't have power in our lives until we endorse them, yes. until we take them on and be like, oh, I, when we invest belief, when we invest our hope, and when we say, I agree with that, I'm going to go along with this. That's when the thoughts have power. So out of this abundance of challenge and struggle and suffering, I get to connect with other people. And these people quite often have children and they get to pass these things on to their children and their children. And that's how we change the tide of bad generational patterns and curses to good ones. So I could talk forever. You know me, you know this, how this goes. But I, this is what I do and this is how I do it. I love it so much though, because I think we hear these things. It's really trendy to talk about mindset right now and on the internet, but speaking, you're speaking from such a pure lens and that's why spirituality and mindset and mental health all need to be in the picture because it's so interconnected. Yes. And like you, a lot of my thoughts, I'm like, I am broken. I'm a messed up person. Or even saying that, I'm like, oh, why am I saying that? You get to the point where you know that your word is so strong that even saying it as an example feels yucky. Yes, yes. But before that, the first time I tapped into my thoughts, the first time I went through a training, this is a lot of years ago, like 22 years ago. <laughs> first time I did that, I, I was shocked at what was happening up there. I didn't even, I didn't know you could tap into your thoughts. I didn't know you could hear that constant dialogue that was happening and journaling. I love that you said journaling because it gives such a natural flow. You're not really thinking about it. Okay. What's happening up there? What's going on? You're just writing and seeing what flows out. So it's not a forced process. I love that you do it that way to discover yeah. and, and see so that you can really release and give over 
certainly. This it's that awareness. There are three things that I love to share with people. And it's in a it's in an online course that I have. I call it the ATI process. So we want to increase consistently our awareness of what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what's going through our minds. But then we also want to increase our tolerance for what we become aware of. So most of the intense uh, emotions we feel, they're unpleasant. We want to get away from them. And it's not until we actually learn to tolerate them, that we can bear them, that we can actually be in the same room with them, be like, ooh, this is guilt. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling a whole lot of guilt. But I'm actually okay. I don't need to panic. I don't need to run from it. What's this associated with? Okay, it's attached to this. It's this memory. It's this. Oh, this is a theme. Okay. There's that objectivity. Mm -hmm. So you're breathing, you're calming your nervous system. You're sending messages to your brain, which would be like, oh, I can feel that and not run. Oh, okay. I'm here for it. Then we can move to that third level, which is intentionality. That's where you can decide, you know what? I don't want to agree with that. I don't want, you know, I don't want to live that way. So this is what I'm going to do instead. This is what I'm going to say instead. This is how I'm going to think instead. And then we wake up the next day and we do it again and again and again and again. Yes. I, everything you said, I'm like, this is the strong and capable way of being literally. This is it. This is, this is such a, I love everything you're saying because you're saying it in such a beautiful way. I mean, this is knowing who you are, loving that person without shame or mm -hmm. guilt, just mm -hmm. removing the shame and see and approaching with curiosity yeah. of what can be, and then moving forward with intention. And that is in the strong and capable. That's what I I love. I'm I like, love oh, it. This yes. is amazing. Because that is when you become able to do the thing that you're dreaming of. You're able so for me. The hardest part of this journey is what I called earlier, the release of letting it go. I can see it without judgment. Honestly, at, at this point, I've done so many years of this. I'm like, oh, like you said, okay, all right, I see you. Okay, so we're jealous or we're fearful or we're whatever this is happening here. Oh, we're carrying something we shouldn't have been carrying. We didn't know. Now we know. So what are we going to do with it? But uh, releasing it fully, I'll release like 90% of it. <laughs> Like, I'm going to just going to keep 10 because it keeps me safe in my mind. Mm -hmm. right? I'm just mm -hmm. going to keep this 10% for myself. The rest of you can go on. I'm just going to keep the 10% of my shame or my fear or my hurt because then it's almost like an accountability thing. Mm -hmm. Then I don't have to be accountable for mm -hmm. my mistakes or my struggles or because, I mean, I'm just acting out of trauma. I'm just acting out of hurt. I'm just acting. Wow. Does that make right. sense? Yes. You're endorsing. You're giving yourself permission to stay on some yes. level in that place. Yes. Yes. Because yes. it's a little bit safer. It feels uh -huh. safer. It feels, it feels safer. It's absolutely not safer. It keeps you stuck. Yeah. Right. There's a cost to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I uh, one of the things I really believe about people as human beings, we have these three core needs, three core human needs. And when Paul's talking to Timothy and he says, don't be afraid. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and soundness of mind. That's not just wonderful pep talk. He's actually speaking to who we are as spiritual people. We don't do well in environments 
of fear, we mm. will not thrive. So we want to cultivate environments within our heads and our homes and our relationships of power and love and soundness of mind. Mm. And power that. is actually strength. We want to know that we have choice and that our choice matters. Mm -hmm. Love is significance. We want to know that we belong. And if we, we're, we're not here, somebody's going to miss us. We want to know where we fit. And then soundness of mind is safety. We want to feel safe. We want to feel secure physically, emotionally, all these things. And no matter what we're experiencing in one context or the next, these three core needs sometimes will pop up for us and they won't be met. But these are actually spiritual needs that God delights in meeting every single day. So when we feel unsafe and insecure, we tend to try to fix it. We tend to try to get rid of those emotions as opposed to saying, you know what, God, I'm feeling insecure. I'm feeling unsafe. What do you have to say to me right now? And this is the integration of the gospel. We get to say, God is with us, like Emmanuel, like God with us. Well, how are you with me? Well, when you call, I will answer. I'm here. So I ask God, I'm feeling unsafe. What do you have to say to me? And I listen. It says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I'm here. I will uphold you. I will. You're learning how to trust me. It's going to be good. You'll be all right. And God's word isn't just like words. Like it is the ultimate creative power. So when he speaks to us, we actually experience change if we are open, like you're saying, if we are receptive. Mm -hmm. And receptive means like receiving it. I love when Mary is with the angel and the angel's like, you're going to bring forth a child. And she's like, uh, but I don't, I've never been with a man. So, but then she goes, you know what? Whatever you say, be it unto me according to your word. That's been my prayer for the past couple of weeks. So when God says something that's just like, okay, but that doesn't line up. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to be like Mary. Be it unto me. Whatever yes. you say, I will receive it. Let it be. I'm receiving it. I'll take it. And I won't have to wait to see it happen. I'll take it now. Yep. I'll take it. And then we start to allow, cultivate this place of germination. So that we can birth, we can go through that period of incubation, what seeds he's planted or whatever is growing in us, we will actually create an environment of wholeness. If you think about it, when women are, are pregnant, the environment of their womb is so important. If it's aggressive, that child is not going to do well. So when we're receptive to God's word, we're creating this environment for whatever he's planting in our hearts to grow and to grow well, as opposed to doubting. It's like, oh, this is not going to work. Oh, no, no, that can't be true. But look at the past. Look at it. Like, it's a hostile environment, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be receptive. We want to give it the right nutrients of faith, of joy and love and hope so that we can bring forth and deliver into the world whatever he wants uh, us to experience. So interesting. My sister always says, everyone wants to feel wanted, needed, and loved. And I think that's, I found that true in every environment, whether it's a social environment, it's a school environment, it's a community environment, but I never thought about 
this as a child of God, that that's what we want from God. We want to feel wanted, needed, and loved. Mm-hmm. And there's the fear that I think a lot of people hold, at least I do, that it's never going to quite be enough. Never. No matter what I give, I never really be wanted, needed, and loved because I'm just not quite good enough. Not quite just this not enoughness that sticks to us like glue. And again, that's why I like keep 10% back because then if I'm not enough, it's okay. I have these excuses, but as you were talking, I was thinking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that safety that you need to feel is that initial thing. And as I've done a lot of study in emotional resilience, what I see is in the world, you can build emotional resilience through all sorts of things, but mostly through experiencing small struggles, seeing you survived it. And then the next time you get to a little bit bigger struggle, you're like, oh, well, I, I survived that. I can probably survive this, right? And you get to the next bigger one. Well, I survived those four things. So now I can probably survive this. And emotional grows and resilience grows. And then you start to know who you are through these struggles. You start to have confidence that you can overcome things. What's interesting for me as I've studied emotional resilience is there's a, like the Emotional Resilience Institute they have a whole graph of how you become emotional resilient. And at the top of it is spiritual actualization. That someone who is really emotional resilient at some point chooses a spiritual path. They hold on to some kind of a divine truth, eternal belief. And what I realized in looking at this is what you're talking about is instead of walking every single rung, what you do is you grab the top rung first. And then you fly through all the others (laughs) because you didn't do it on your own. You released it first. Right. Right. To a higher power. And because you did that, because you had that first release, everything else feels a little more possible. And you become more open to doors that you wouldn't have been before in the world. When they talk about this, they call it manifesting. Right. And the spiritual belief is a release to a higher being opens doors to receive unimaginable things. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I, I love it. And as you talked about that ladder and reaching up that to the higher rung, it's like, for me, God like collapses it and comes mm-hmm. down to where I am. And we have that presence and that awareness and that peace and that divine help on every level so there's still room to grow but we don't have to wait till we get through every single experience in order to to have that those experiences of awareness and growth and and those kinds of things and I've been thinking about manifestation too and ah let me let me just say this um there is there are spiritual laws and principles mm-hmm. they they just are they just exist mm-hmm. and the lore i'll speak for myself personally the lore is to use those spiritual principles and laws to do what i want mm-hmm. to make me feel better mm-hmm. to have what i want to have even to to even like I want to have so I can give to other people. It's a, it's a good thing. It's all that wonderful stuff. But when I hear God saying to me, there's a difference between power and authority. Mm. Yeah, you have spiritual power, 
But authority is really about surrender for the believer. Yes. yes. And it's like, oh, so you mean I, oh, okay. So, oh, I just don't, I can't just do whatever I want. Well, you can, but do you want to do what you want or do you want to do what I want? Mm-hmm. And this is the wrestle. This is the struggle. This is the defining marker of Christianity as opposed to spirituality. All that stuff is real. It's all that stuff is possible. But the believer who experiences and surrenders and knows the lordship and surrender to Christ experiences not just the power, but an understanding and a revelation of authority. And it's it's a completely different world. It's a completely different world. What you just said and said so simply and beautifully, I hope those who are listening is hearing this because here's the deal. The world right now is becoming excellent at speaking these truths, which are truth. They are eternal truth, but there's like the world's way of being. And then there's the higher law. So you can, if you learn to manifest, you're, you're, you're at the first level, but if you come to God and release not only do you manifest, but you will get the things, but they will, I'm telling you, they're more divine they're, and they're different and they won't be as expected because it will be God's will versus yours. And so it will be different. Um, and what you're talking about right now is the thing, this is the stage of life I'm in is a full surrender. Yeah. And it is the hardest thing I have ever done. Yeah. Ever done. Yeah. It, because all the work, all the emotional health, mental health, spiritual health things that I've done are leading me to this point, the full surrender. And the full surrender, it it requires ego to leave. Yeah, seek first the kingdom. That's real. So when you're led into the wilderness, because some people would say, well, you're not using the spiritual laws. Well, what about the one of surrender? Mm-hmm. Oh, that only applies in this context. So if that means you are leading me into the wilderness to be tried, to be tested, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't feel good, nope. but it's not a bad thing. Not bad thing. And, you know, people around the world might see things differently. So, yeah, this this season that I'm in and kind of moving through and maybe even out of at some point sometime soon, it is it's hard. It's tough, but it's good. It's good. It's, tr- it's, you feel like, and I feel like you could speak, like you've transformed. I've transformed. We've transformed. This level of transformation is totally different. It's like, a, you feel it. It's almost like you can feel your individual cells transforming. It is full transformation in a whole different way. And um, you mentioned trials and tests, and this was on my mind. <laughs> I was too. The shower, water's so healing, right? You're getting clean from head to toe. And so I was called shower preaching, whatever I'm struggling with, I'm in the Mm -hmm. shower and I'll just like lay it out there and then just follow the outline of a sermon. Essentially, here's the struggle. Here's stories from history and scripture that people have overcome the struggle. So I'm like them, I can overcome. And then I'll like say quotes that I love. And then I will tell the victory, how it goes. Like almost as if I'm recounting it. You're right. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I, I call it shower preacher. So my best moments happen in that shower for by yeah. far. The spirit is strong in that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but today I was thinking about trials and tests and how often Christians say I'm being tested right now, which I say it all the time. But what I have learned recently is that God is God. He knows who you are. He doesn't need to test you to see how strong you are or if you'll give your will to his. He already knows. He's If you believe in a divine being who knows all, he doesn't need to test you. This test is for you to know. Right. You to know what you're capable of, what you're willing to do, what you'll give up, what you'll release. Mm-hmm. So when you're being tested, yeah, maybe you are, but it has nothing to do with God saying, let me give you a test and see if you'll follow me. No, this is him allowing you to experience things so that you know yeah. what you're willing yeah. to do. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. So <laughs> succinct. So true. Right. He he gives us the power and now we're learning about authority and how to use that. So what will you do, Andrew? Mm-hmm. What will you do? Will you ask me for help? Will you try to handle it on your own? Will you seek what you want? Like, what what you going to do? Whew. Yeah. It's not really any different than as, as parents to our children. When we know that we need to help them learn something, Mm-hmm. So we're kind of leading them along and saying, okay, now what, now what do you do now? Like when I'm, I think about teaching your kids to tie their shoe, you show them. And then as they do it, okay, now what's the next step? What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? Until they're able to do it and That's you're right. leading them through it. Yes. We are on the way to school. Cause I'm on morning duty after breakfast, <laughs> making and lunch preparation in the car. My seven-year-old had a meltdown the other day and she was just so upset. And it's like, breathe, breathe. Okay, so are you calm? Because we won't be able to move forward unless you're able to be calm. So you let me know when you're ready because I, I would love to help you. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not calm yet. Okay, so let me know. A couple kilometers down the road. She's like, okay, I'm calm. It's like, okay, so what options do you have, honey? I don't know. Okay, well, maybe you want to take a little bit more time because there are lots of options. And then she started thinking about it. She's like, I don't know. Do you have any? I was like, you give me one first and then I'll give you some. And so said, so done. Like, it's, you're so right. That's how we we do it. I mean, sometimes, you know, we parent from a place where we're we're trying to be helpful and we do it for our kids. And we don't realize that we're actually teaching them that they can't do it on their own. Mm -hmm. Right. So that God is a great teacher. He's a great teacher. And and just an example of that. My, I have a, my, my baby, he's in high school and he's the only kid that's ever gotten breakfast made for him every morning. The other ones had cold cereal, but like, so I get him up, I give him his clothes. I, and one morning I was like, you are a freshman in high school. Why aren't you doing this? You are so <laughs> capable of this. What is going on? And God whispered to me, I was like, you are the problem. I was like, what? You yeah. are making the problem because you are doing all the things for him instead of expecting him to do them for himself. So now I get up and I'm like, all right, buddy, got to get up. Got to make your breakfast. Got to make your lunch. And sometimes I make breakfast. So I'm not saying you can't, but now I go through like, okay, dude, these are the things you need to do because you're yeah. capable of them. That's right. And I want you to be capable of them. Yes. So 
it's a, it's a journey. So as we wrap up this amazing podcast, I just, I'm sure those who are listening, I know a lot of listeners listen in the car, listen on walks, your voice and your knowledge is so soothing. So I'm excited that they've had this beautiful grounding experience through listening to you, but two things, how can they connect with you? And then if you had two tips for you're stuck, this is what I want you to do. What would they be? All right. Info at coachdrew.ca. That's the easiest way to find me through email or my website, coachdrew.ca. Two tips. If you are stuck, I would definitely say a lot of people think it's overrated, but I like to teach people how to breathe and how to be calm because there's real benefit to being where we are. We try to escape the unpleasantness and it, logically it makes sense. But just like when we do all the stuff for our kids, we're telling them that they can't handle it. So if you tell yourself, I can't handle it, I can't handle it, you're capping your own growth. So breathe, calm yourself, remind yourself that you're actually okay. So that's number one. Number two, I would just listen for God's direction. And I know, I know it's a journey of knowing how each individual hears God. For some people, it is clear voice. For some people, it's a feeling, it's a sensation, it's sign. There are so many different ways, but cultivating that openness or that curiosity and the anticipation. Mm -hmm. James clearly says in the first chapter, it's just like, when you pray, don't doubt because it's kind of, you're praying for something and then you're doubting that God's going to, right? It's like mm -hmm. you're being torn. When you pray, you get to anticipate, you get to envision God coming through, answering. That's the assumption. I've asked and God has answered. So to, to cultivate that, to practice that, anticipating because God gives us wisdom liberally he gives us guidance that's what his spirit is here to do so we want to anticipate it and trust that he will hear us so when you're stuck breathe calm yourself and ask god and listen for his direction and the second one you can't do without the first you have to pause to do the second yeah <laughs> to be open to receive you have to pause and listen yeah. agreed agreed yeah. awesome awesome thank you so, so much for coming on and having this conversation today. All the things will be in the show notes, how to reach Dr. Drew, the hit giveaway, the digital course, it's going yes, to be given yes, away. Yes. So there'll be a link for that in the show notes and uh, obviously reach out to him, follow him on the social media, do all the things because he's amazing. He's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. I'm glad you came. Hey, 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 thank you for listening to this episode of the Strong and Capable Podcast. I would love to connect with you. Come find me on Instagram at frigette.heller or Facebook in the Strong and Capable Facebook group. And if you would love to join the Queen Circle, which I know you do, it's only 99 cents for your first hook. So come try it out, a dollar. It's the best place on the internet. Have a wonderful day and never forget, you are strong and capable.